Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we are broadcasting from near the corner of 57th and Louise Avenue, just across the border into Lincoln County in lovely bucolic southwest Sioux Falls. Uber producer Dan Peters is here. We're going to engage in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. Uh, we've got some nature, got some music, got a little bit of everything today. Uh, Dan, uh, we are uh, very happy. Dan and I are happy to have you here today listening on Information 1000 KSOO, maybe on KSO.com or the KSOO mobile app with the one touch streaming, which you need. Gots to have situation. And, uh, uh, you know, also on Twitter at P Lally show, uh, Dan, uh, I got to say this. So, uh, it, it's not news now, but this is the farewell tour of the Patrick Lally show this week. And so we've been having, uh, uh, guests bringing back a lot of the old guests that have been frequent contributors on the show here. And we've got some more today that I'm going to tell you about here in a minute. But, uh, I was, I was completely shocked completely blown away, completely humbled, which is tough to do. Uh, when I walked into uh, uh, JJ's down here, down the street here on 57th Street, the new JJ's with the whole thing, walked in there under the ruse, under the ruse of uh, joining JP for a, uh, a work function. And, you know, the Boon Man was on the show yesterday, right? And so I, I finish up my stuff here. Uh, at the station and I cruise down, I roll down the hill to JJ's and I pull up out front and there's the Boone man. I'm like, Booner, what are you doing here? You go, oh, I'm just waiting for a friend, just meeting friends. Oh, hey, come on in. Maybe have a drink later. Oh, okay. So don't think much of that. Go around the corner, go in there and uh, see a big table of people, you know, don't think much of it. See JP over there on the end, which is normal talking to the bad mother, which I'm thinking, why is the bad mother here? That's curious. Uh, and then I notice, oh, look, it's the common man. Oh, there's Hudson, Erisman, on and on and on, the smart cyclist. Matt Staub. Matt Staub. All there uh, under the uh, guidance of JP. Everybody got together. We had a great time. You were duped. I was completely 100% duped. I, I mean, I just couldn't, I could not comprehend how all those people were in the same place. I think Jody Schwan was there briefly. Jody Schwan was there briefly. Uh, Mick Gary, yes. He's been on the program a few times. Uh, it just was, um, it was amazing. I was, uh, Arisman, uh, Tony Reese. Who's Thea Miller-Ryan. Thea Miller-Ryan, who's on the show today. I mean, it was really, it was an all-star cast of the Patrick Lally show. And I really can't thank everybody enough. I... I honestly didn't know what to say. <laughs> I was just sitting there going, what are all you people doing here? And uh, JP got us some lovely uh, pint glasses to commemorate the event. And we shared those with everybody. And uh, uh, I just, I really have, uh, you know, I, I can't thank everybody enough because these people all contributed to this program uh, with the offer of nothing. Nothing. They, they did it for nothing just because I asked them to. And they didn't have to. Um, they gave me their talents, their knowledge, their wisdom, uh, their insight. And they opened themselves up to the people of Sioux Falls. Right. Exactly. And, and they weren't, they, they came willingly and, and unabashedly and I will always be in their debt. Uh, and JP, uh, pulled this thing off. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know how she did it in a fairly short period of time, but I am, I am, you know, I love her and I'm, I'm just stunned by her generosity and her kindness towards me each and every day uh but all of you as a group i can't even i can't i can't even uh i still have not grasped what that meant to me you know what i mean i mean it's just a little radio show and dan was there i mean i didn't dan peters came came on in after me held this ruse up for i mean a couple days i guess i don't know oh no i got my notice uh, probably just before actually it was earlier yesterday afternoon uh, when you went through an entire show uh keeping up the ruse and i i appreciate that dan dan can go he can go stone-faced when he needs to he won't give up the, the secrets 
name, rank, and serial number. That's all you're getting out of Dan Peters. But uh, it was a good time, and it was a nice way to uh, sort of uh, end our run here on the Patrick Lally Show. we got a couple days left, but uh, really, uh, really a nice time, and I, I appreciate everybody being there. Um, it's kind of amazing, you know, what just a, it was just a little radio show. And uh, we've been able to connect with a lot of people uh, during our time here on the radio. And, you know, it's, it's in times like those, you realize that what you do sometimes, and I've gotten some lovely notes from other people as well, and that, you know, sometimes what you do matters. And if you put your heart and soul into something and you say the things that you believe instead of things that people want you to say, then maybe you're going to resonate on some level. And that's what I've always hoped from the show, that uh, people, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I'm about three quarters nuts. So, you know, most people uh, aren't going to just sort of buy into everything. I never expected that, you know. I just wanted them, I just want people to be entertained and informed at the same time and maybe think a little bit. Now, what we should do is we should try to, even though we had a good group of people that were appreciative of their efforts, but we should also go through the people. No, maybe we shouldn't go through the people. Let's do people who should, who should, who who probably should not have been there. Should not have been there. No, no, everybody that was there was, but but, you know, well, except for no, no, everybody. Now, better not do that because Uh, we want to leave this on a good note. I mean, am I leaving anybody out? Smart cyclist Hudson, uh, uh, Arisman was there. Uh, Tony Reese. Yeah, Matt Staub. Matt Staub. Uh, uh, Schwan. J- Jonathan Ellis, who's on the show today, couldn't make it. So we're going to have our own, we're going to have our own version of that maybe later today. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, it was just fantastic. Uh, so we will uh, try and finish up these two days without getting teary-eyed. I mean, as I've said before, it's not like I'm Noby. You know, I'm, n- I'm not finishing up uh, 30 years in broadcasting. Right. But there is an emotional connection oh, sure. to having such an intimate medium where you can actually interact with people on a basis such yes. as that. Yes, and it's it's awesome. And I, I hope that people uh, will continue to seek out that sort of content out there instead of just blithely listening to whatever uh, sort of uh, uh, propaganda you might be getting from other places. Is that fair? I'm not, I'm not, I just, you know, I think that the world is a complicated place, Dan. And yeah, and there is a fair amount of propaganda out there. Yeah, I will well, admit kinds, that. Yeah, all kinds. I mean, it's not in all different places because everybody's trying to uh, get you to to agree with them on some level or spend your money or what have you. And, you know, that's cool. Spending money is fine. You know, uh, advertising is great. All that. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. It's, it's just that you have to think about it, right? Don't be sheep. And everything will be fine. And that's that's been the theme of this program, and I hope we continue that today. And that's Dan, why in about three minutes we'll get closer to free. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and the uh, as I said, the farewell tour continues today. Uh, I'm gonna we got guests including Scott Hudson, who was there last night for Weird Friends, and we're gonna talk about some of the old days. Thea Miller Ryan, uh, our friend from the outdoor campus, will be here with some tips on uh, you know outdoorsy stuff. Uh, Jonathan Els, uh, my friend and uh, uh, the guy who he and I started 100 Eyes uh, at the Argus Leader, uh, our online interactive talk show and many, many years ago. And, and Jonathan will be in today. Uh, very happy he was able to find some time. And I will have a P&L statement just after the next break. Today's topic, open enrollment. Oh, one of my favorites. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Three nineteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and it's time of the day for the PNL statement, where we look through the news and find the things that interest us, cause us great consternation, joy, or anger, or just you know get us thinking about stuff because that's what we do here. We think about stuff. We try anyway. Um, and so today, I the story that was uh, it was uh, stripped across uh, your Argus Leader today. I think it uh, probably published yesterday sometime. And it's about uh, the headline, Sioux Falls School District caps open enrollment with revised policy. And uh, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, open enrollment has been a, uh, a deal in this state for quite a while now. I mean, it's maybe 20 years. I can't remember when it went in. It's been a while. And so this district, the Sioux Falls School District, um, 
you know, we've been having some trouble with uh, capacity at our schools. And so what they've done here is, as uh, Superintendent Brian Maher says, it's, it's really, he's quoted in the story, really what we're trying to do here is put our practice into policy. It's not really a change per se, but we're putting into print what our practice already is, which, you know, you probably should do if that's really the practice. But um, so we have open enrollment in the state of South Dakota, and people have been able to open enroll not just between districts, but in the school district, you know, like between schools and everything. And uh, I don't know that they will, it, 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 puts a, it puts a cap on special education programs and different things and um, keeps, uh, tries to give the, the district uh, more direct control over how many kids are in which schools, right? Um, and there's a lot of details. The, you know, the, the policy is 13 pages long or something. It's a, it's a long it's a long policy, um, but and there's a lot of changes under it. Uh, but what I'm hoping is that uh, if the district will be able to uh, take more control over people just moving around inside the school district, even at the elementary school level. Now, the story talks more about the high school level and that they'll cap students at 21 or 2200 in each school, and then that'll go down when the new high school is built uh, to like eighteen hundred. So, the uh, this this also covers uh, kindergarten through twelfth grade and and residency requirements and and all kinds of different stuff. But the problem, as I see it, isn't so much people moving into the district, which is an issue. You know, if you're if you've got uh, way more kids coming in than, than going out and you've got stress on your facilities and that sort of thing. But if the, if the, to me, the issue really is moving around at the, at the elementary school level uh, where parents are uh, moving from one school to another because um, of the racial and ethnic makeup of the school. And it's an issue and it has been an issue for a while, and it is causing problems in the district. And Superintendent Maher, when he was here, oh, it's been a while now, but he, in fact, uh, agreed with me on this. And it's an issue that they that's hard to address if you have open enrollment. And they, in this new policy, they cap the capacity of each elementary school and middle school. So the 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 middle school is middle schools are eleven hundred per building elementary schools is each building capacity shall be determined by multiplying the ratio equal to 0.5 of of a student less than the district authorized budget staffing ratio for the year multiplied you know it's it's complicated um so in and then there's a lot of rules but what i'm hoping this will do and i don't know that this is true I'm, I, this is where we get into the, the moment of the program where it's based on wild speculation is that there's a lot of, of uh, tools here for the district to have more control over where students are able to move. Uh, if you are inside the boundaries of one elementary school, that it's going to be more difficult for you to just say, I want my kid to go to that school. And because there's a lot of space requirements and a lot of space uh, restrictions, um, and it's, it does it does give the district more uh, opportunity to suggest other schools uh, and more more ability to monitor how things are working. Because right now it's kind of I mean it, they, there's when the when the superintendent says it's putting into print what they're already doing in practice that may be true to a certain extent but there's a there is a the an issue of degrees right so how much are they really saying no they have the ability to say no but are they actually doing it and i think oftentimes it would be difficult if you are the district to say no because if you are a parent and you're moving your kids out of say the lowell district or the hawthorne district or the uh, terry redland district and you want your kid to go to robert frost and there's no obvious reason why, other than I want my kid to go to Robert Frost. 
then you have to question that. But now you're questioning motive, right? And when it's a subjective question, it becomes very hard to get that answer. What I think this tool does, what these changes do, is give the district more objective criteria for transferring a kid from one school to the other. Because you can't have, and, and honestly, these, this, the white flight that we're in, experiencing in the city is based on perception. It's based on perception. It's not based on a reality, right? But for a lot of people, perception is reality. And if we allow our elementary schools to become segregated, de facto segregation based on race, ethnicity, and social standing, then we have done a disservice to all the students. And yes, parents, we're going to have fears. We, are all, we, need to confront, we need to confront our bias. We need to confront our misunderstanding. We need to confront our fear. And it's going to be very difficult for the school district to do this. Uh, these are highly emotional topics if they get out of the can. And my bet is that an underlying goal of these changes to the enrollment policy is to control the white flight to some degree. And if that is the case, I commend the school district and the superintendent for doing that, but I think that at some point it's going to need to be a much more overt conversation. That is the bottom line on today's PL statement. You can agree or disagree with me, Patrick at KSO.com. You can send us uh, Twitter tweets, messages at P. Lally Show. We welcome all of that for a couple of days at least. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, it's the final appearance, the grand finale, the sayonara of Mr. Scott Hudson on Weird Friends. Stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three thirty-five on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and uh, for many, many, many years now, I have been associated with today's weird friend Scott Hudson, and uh, we have we have been on quite a journey, Scott, and uh, and I welcome you to your final appearance on the Patrick Lally Show, sir. I, I'm shocked that you still acknowledge my existence. <laughs> That's not now. Come on. Now I know I've caused. I, I well, I know I've created a few headaches for you over the years. Well, a few, but not mostly for for. <laughs> mo- it was mostly well intentioned. Let's call it that. Well, true, true. Yeah. So let's let's just review, Scott. How how did we get here? Uh, and I don't even remember. I think I remember it better than you do. Probably, and it, but it was at Tempest, and it was I don't know, nineteen ninety or something. But I don't remember. I was a little before that. It was. A few months into, I, w- I was actually living at Aberdeen at the time. I was running there. There was an Ernie's that oh, opened right. up there, and I ran that. And uh, somehow I got a whole. Well, I was coming to Sioux Falls probably every, almost every weekend anyway, because mm-hmm. that's where my party friends were. <laughs> um, and I saw a Tempest, or I saw a couple of them. And at the time, I, I looked at them and I go, okay, here's an edgy, edgy paper. But yet, all the music reviews were like super, super positive. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 we can't. That can't be. Oh, and I no. didn't know you guys. I knew a lot of people that yes. knew you, but I didn't know you. Isn't that weird? We did. We had a lot of common friends. Yeah, and so I sent. I, 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 I must have written a piece of mailing, which is weird. Yes. Really weird to think of. But I sent something that said, "Hey, great, great." publication but you need something edgier in the music stuff and i i don't know if it was you or craig or whoever or somebody said uh well prove it to us yeah <laughs> and that started a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah do you happen to remember what it was that you wrote because i don't um i my you mean my first article yeah for tempest no i i know that I can't remember the exact first one. I know I looked at it once at Craig's house, but um, early on, 
I I think my first interview with a band was the Scorpions of all people. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it could be worse. I mean, in the world of metal. And then it was yeah, and it was not long after that. It was the Goo Goo Dolls and the Junk Monks. Oh yeah, they played at the Mad Hatter. And which was crazy. I mean, this is this is like five years before the Goo Goo Dolls sold out and became pop stars. Mm-hmm. But this is pre cell phone days, and they called me from a payphone <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> And I talked to two of them. They handed off the payphone to each other. That's crazy. I can't, you can't, it's hard to believe that they would even, first of all, you know, two of them would take the time and that's, that's a different world, you know? Right, right. Because nowadays, nowadays, 90% of all interviews you do, it's on a cell phone, obviously. Mm -hmm. There are on a bus going somewhere, but in this case, they had to stop somewhere in Canada <laughs> to call me from a payphone. It was a good time because uh, things were changing so much at that time um, because John Stever had been doing uh, a lot of work promoting in the community as a, I mean, we were all just kids, but he was bringing in bands. Terry Taylor was bringing in all kinds of stuff that nobody had any yeah. idea about. And it really was a, a. I lucked into a good time. I mean, I was uh, that was. You're right. That I mean, that was when uh, Stever went into uh, what was the country bar, uh, the Rainbow. Um, <laughs> the Rainbow turned the Rainbow into something that it wasn't before, and then for the Rainbow, we had we had the Ertzes letting something besides hair bands into uh, the yeah. pomp room. Well, and, but that took a long time. I mean, the early days, those early days of Tempest. Music was uh, really sporadic. It was well, true. it was rich. It was Flag with Hank playing at uh, the Crowbar, and then yes. a few things at the Mad Hatter, which was not ideal by any means. And Jono's, Jono's, the Jono Fest, and it was really people just trying to find places to play, you know. And yeah. it started to change after that. And I always believed and i think the conversation we always had was it took three things it took bands willing to play basically and were aggressive some joint to let them play and then some way to tell people about it and and in those days exactly and in those days there the the argus leader did virtually no local music coverage this is pre no, no, keys, pre everything yeah yeah and it was the, the 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 three shows a year at the arena yeah yes it's it, pretty much the music coverage right and it was it was really a but it was a changing time. The demographics were changing, and uh, and and we just hit it at the right time. But one of the interesting things that I always uh, that came out of that was this this brand of the ledge, which is has with, yeah. with, withstood the test of time. I still use the logo that you and Craig created for the for the <laughs> Tempest column. That is that is my podcast logo. Oh my God, that was like. Something that uh, Craig designed on uh, uh, Craig Ellerbrook, by the way, publisher of Tempest, and my my compatriot, and 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 basically the driving force and savior behind Tempest. But it it, it uh, uh, I think we he designed a little something, and then we crumpled it up. Yes, and yes. and made a and scanned it so it had some texture. That was really high tech stuff. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I even have stickers of that logo. I mean, it's. it's 20 almost 30 years later it's crazy and uh yeah your podcast still called the ledge and uh uh you've got a you've got a i even new... have an llc now called ledge productions you're kidding me yeah i mean because i you know i have a little podcast money coming in these days yeah a little bit man we haven't talked about big brother for a long time but uh uh you've you have taken taken that you've created a brand that is scott hudson from those from those very humble beginnings <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you think about it, it's really crazy that this loudmouth, this loudmouth goofball here in Sioux Falls actually has some things that are nationally recognized. Had a, had a cartoon made of it <laughs> over the summer. All because I sent you a little nasty letter saying, come on, let's have some, let's have some critical opinion in your paper. You guys are great, but you suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting when to go back actually to look at those old tempos from the early days and they just look so um it, you know for it, it's easy to be nostalgic but they're p- pretty crude. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Sure. The times sure. are so much different and, and I mean, I was not a I you know, I still am not honestly a true writer. 
I'm just a I'm just a, a fanatic with an opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you got. You know, I would good. never. And I, I, I developed a craft over the years. I, I'm not going to say that I'm completely untalented, but I was not a writer. No, no. And but that led to, and then you know, a long stint at the Argus Leader. I mean, really, uh, you know, mainstream media, baby. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this last night. It was really funny because I used to do an appear a weekly appearance on another station in town. Yes. Where I took our Tempest thing called Get Out of Town mm-hmm. and made it a weekly thing, which was like, oh, my God, that was so much fun. I mean, me <laughs> kicking somebody out of town every week. Perfect, right? Yes. Um, but that station changed ownership. Yes. And so I was kind of like, oh, we don't need you anymore. And literally two hours later, you're calling me and saying, um, Scott, we need a music writer. <laughs> Yes, and it was and again, again, this was a, this was a, like you said before about the changing times. We had a few years where the local music scene was in kind of doldrums. Yep, and here I'm brought in again at a time where where people are actually starting to want live music again, and we had Total Drag opening up, bringing mm-hmm. in these indie bands whose records I tend to buy. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Andy Howes bringing in, you know, uh, Americana bands like Jason Isbell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was like a perfect time for me to come back and do things like that again. You just uh, you've fallen into the right spot several times. You're a very lucky guy. Yeah, I have a feeling that I don't I won't get another spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not in that medium. But you know, let's never say never, Scott. No, I, I'm open to anything. I mean, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a complete sellout. I. I Hey, admit that. You, br- <laughs> you brought up the cartoon um, that was on uh, uh, TV. Uh, what, t- what was TV it? Party App. TV Party App. Uh, I watched several of them. They were very good. Uh, how did that end up doing for them and for you? And are you going to keep doing that? We were the, the, the number one watch thing on the app, which is kind of crazy. That's that big problem, um, man. That's wild. So... You know, and we, we kind of left it open-ended with them that, you know, if they had other shows they wanted us to do something with, we would definitely do it. But um, you know, haven't heard from them yet. Wait but wait. I, I mean, we, we kind of have a, like a, a, a we're, we're definitely going to be back for probably Celebrity Big Brother. When is that? That will be probably in, in like February. Oh, okay. That's not as much and fun then, though, is it? That's like a three week thing, and then and then the regular Big Brother next summer. I will. I'm I'm like ninety percent sure we'll be back for that. And how did the podcast, uh, the Big Brother Gossip Podcast, end up doing this year? We did really well. It was a good season. That helps. And uh, but we had like dissenting opinions between two of the three of us. I was like the person in the middle, and uh, dissension creates good content. <laughs> so there was some battling. Some fighting. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We we had some great off the air conversations <laughs> about Big Brother, of all things, right? Or yeah, is, yeah. Or does Big I Brother mean, just like open up fissures of social and uh, and economic. No, no, and, no. Uh, it was it was it was Big Brother related. I mean, oh, okay, that good. that is the stuff we should have sold on Patreon. Yes, that's what you should have done. Fighting between two of the three of us. That would been it awesome. Was fun. <laughs> uh hey uh i'm gonna come i want to come right back after this break and we're gonna talk a little bit about your your music show and uh uh w- you know get some hudson's hot pick of the week how's that sound okay we'll be right back after this short break with scott hudson on weird friends stay tuned this is the patrick lally show information 1000 kso Three fifty on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and we are chatting with Scott Hudson in the last segment of uh, his appearance here on the Patrick Lally Show as we finish up our farewell tour. And Scott, um, I, I would be remiss if I let you go without uh, talking a little bit about your uh, your live show. Then people sure. who want to uh, who are music enthusiasts and want to who want to find about new music or uh, take uh, trips with you through your musical head. Where, how would they do that, Scott? Well, well sadly, I, I have to point out that was probably the last time the replacements will ever be heard on KSO. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of brings tears in my eyes. 
<laughs> they might have one more shot. I don't. We'll see how it goes. Uh, maybe, but, maybe. But, but probably, uh, yes. it would be appropriate if we retire it right there. There you go. Uh, yes, I have a show called The Ledge. Actually, I call my Friday night shows Live Ledge mm-hmm. after I started doing them live. I used to pre-record them, blah, blah, blah. Um, where at least one show per month is nothing but new releases. Then I have little themes every week. And this week, actually, this might be the most accessible to the typical KSO listener <laughs> because it's all 1968 music. Really? Well, it's yes. a pretty good year. Oh, God, it was a great, great year, as I'm finding out by going through my library. Um, you have the, the Velvet Underground had White Light, White mm. Heat. The Kinks had the Village Green Preservation Society, which we talked about a couple yes. weeks ago. Uh, the Birds had their classic uh, move into country rock, Sweethearts of the Rodeo. Yes. Uh, Van Morrison, Astral Weeks, the Zombies out of Scene Oracle. This goes on and on and on. But really, the, the, the centerpiece for this, maybe the reason I'm doing it is because last week, this is my pick of the week, mm. giant, giant box set of the 50th anniversary release of the Beatles' White Album. Holy cow. 50 years since the White Album. Yes. That's wild. Yes. And it's like a, I, I think it's nine discs all together, <laughs> but one of them is like a DVD surround sound of the album. It's, it's, it's like every music nerd's dream. <laughs> so is it like, I can't remember, we were talking about uh, maybe Blood on the Tracks, I think, uh, a couple of weeks ago that was uh, box set where it's like all the outtakes. Is it similar type of deal here? With no, no. I mean, because Bob Dylan, when he makes a record, he records like on three weekends and, you know, there's no overdubbing. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, that's, that's, that's how Bob likes to record. The Beatles, especially at this point with the White Album, they were doing overdubbing and, re, you know, remixing and things like that. So, you know, if you did every take mm-hmm. of every song because the white album has 30 songs or so oh boy um yeah you would have you would have way too too many discs even too many for me yeah um <laughs> but you know they've uh, giles martin is the son of george martin who's the producer of all the beatles stuff mm-hmm. he has gone through all of the all the tapes that are in the abbey road vault and he put together i there's there's one disc of what they call the Escher demos, which is pretty much the Beatles unplugged playing the entire White Album. Wow, this is which is amazing, and then you have another three disc of uh, you know just various outtakes from you know early versions things like that. There's a 12 minute Helter Skelter. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's pretty there's, cool. So how many discs? Eight. Yes, yeah, something like eight, it, nine. Somewhere so it's along the big there. reissue of the White Album, and it's out there. Uh, for, and for there are purchase. shorter versions. I and mean, if if you yeah. don't need no. 105 tracks, <laughs> there good. are there are shorter versions of it available to the public. Well, that's cool, uh, Scott. That the hot pick of the week is the uh, Beatles White Album reissue and all its very incarnations. But Scott, I, I have to take a moment to thank you very much for all that you have uh, done for the show and uh, over the years following me through these various uh, incarnations. I do appreciate it, sir. It's been a lot of fun we'll from, from day one, 30 years ago. It's, it's never not been fun. Thank you, sir. Talk to you soon. All right. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters at the top of the hour. Uh, who's in? Oh, Thea Miller-Ryan of the, of the Outdoor Campus. Stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and coming up after the news and weather, we've got Thea Miller, Ryan, of the Outdoor Campus, and then Jonathan Ellis from Argus Leader Media. Stay with us. A great hour of radio. You're going to want to stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Four oh six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and that is the two tracks. Uh, who are a band from Wyoming, and they've been on the show a couple times, and I love the two tracks. Or maybe it's just two tracks, I can't remember. But this song is called Into the Gray, and it's it's awesome. If you ever get a chance to see two tracks, go see them. Uh, but that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about two tracks. We're here to talk about uh, Thea Miller-Ryan, who's the executive director of the Outdoor Campus. And as the farewell tour continues... The farewell tour. It's, 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 it's been fun. And uh, Thea, publicly thank you for showing up last night and hanging out with us. That was awesome. Thanks, thanks. It was fun. Um, but 
You have been on this show uh, basically since the beginning. I know. It seems so bizarre. And I used to have used to be on Fridays yep. after the Buffalo Maiden. Yep. But the Buffalo Maiden talked so much that I had to move <laughs> you because she kept taking too much of your time and you'd be in here with like four minutes. That's all right. Now, this has worked out better for It does. It works everybody. out really well. Uh, and uh, you, now I have to also thank you for just what you do in this community because I don't think people appreciate how, how hard you work to bring, um, to just connect us, right? To try and keep us as an urban area connected to the to the natural forces that bind us all together. Oh, thanks. That means a lot. That's pretty cool. Well, you're welcome. I like that. Yeah. What are we going to talk about now? Well, <laughs> for the next half hour, we'll have blank space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> keep, play, keep playing music. And no, chatting. no yeah. I brought a list today. Okay. I brought, not, not necessarily... Well, yeah, of things to talk about, but okay. it's my farewell tour list. Oh, nice. And I'm going to quiz you on a couple things. Oh, uh, not so nice. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be good because okay. this is like the outdoor things, my, my outdoor advice, five things on yeah. my list. All right. And the first one, I think you know the most because I've probably said it the most in here. Um, for people who are going outdoors and they find baby animals, oh. what is it we always say? Don't touch them. Don't touch them. Let them. Uh, what? Is, there's a phrase though. There uh, is. Uh, uh, let them be. Let them be free. <laughs> well, that might be our new phrase. Freedom. <laughs> I, no, I can't remember what it is. It, if, if you care, leave them there. That's it. Yes. If you care, leave them there. Right. So if you find a baby mammal, especially a fawn or mm-hmm. a or a, a rabbit, leave it outside. Yes. If don't you find a bird. Birds can't smell. Put them back in the nest. Birds can't smell, so you can you touch them, but that? don't you try can touch them. Don't, don't raise them. No, we tried that with a robin when I was a kid. It didn't work out. It, it doesn't work <laughs> out, does it? No. I, I don't want to hear the ending of that story. I think, I don't remember. He just just gone one day. I hope he's okay. Oh, I bet he is. Yeah. yeah. It was only 45 years ago or whatever. <laughs> he's, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's just chirping outside the window. I think we called him Captain Bird. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's a good name. No, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so I got one. One. <laughs> Okay, so my second thing is, when you're outdoors, don't be afraid to try something new. So what's something new you tried outdoors? Like recently? Sure. Well, I went, uh, last winter, I went cross-country skiing in the Black Hills. Yep. And I have been skiing, cross-country skiing, but only here. And so that was uh, a really new experience because there's hills. That that would be a big experience, yeah. And so that was fun. And I was a little bit, I had some trepidation about doing that. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I want to do it again. But you were successful? Well, I lived. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> lived. And you want to do it again. Yes. So that should be our advice to everybody is try something new outside because that, you never know. That's a great one. And you at the outdoor campus have so many ways for people to try things that's outside. That's right. So yeah, this is a little bit of advertising that's too okay. here. But you want to snow, sh- this winter especially. And winter's Snowshoe, tough. Yep. You know, people just cocoon inside because, and I know how I do it. But sometimes when you just get out for a little while, man, you feel so much better. That is the truth. And actually, you just segued into my number three wow. list of advice. How did I do that? I know. It's, it was perfect. It was a perfect <laughs> segue. So say something about snow again. You were, uh, I you love were, snow. Right. You love snow. You know, because if you get cabin fever, you need to just get out of the cabin. Yes. That's the advice that, that we have for people in the wintertime. You got to go outside. Hudson. Scott Hudson. He just needs to go outside any time of year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Please, Scott. <laughs> Leave the house. <laughs> Leave the house. Uh, no, that's true. And and again, like even when, you know, one of the things I love to do when it's really cold out. Right. And and it's a and it's it's one of those nights, just incredibly clear, still, yeah. perfectly still winter night. Oh, I got it. Yep. And it's like 20, uh, 20 below. Cold. But cold, zero. Mm-hmm. Let's say zero. Mm-hmm. And you go outside and you just feel that, you know, and then yeah. maybe just walk a block or two. And you might hear an owl. Oh. Hoot. Yeah. You just made my, you just gave me chills. Right. Radio of the mind. This there is awesome. Go. Yeah. You know, if you, you can choose not to find joy in snow, but even if you choose that, there is still going to be snow. <laughs> so you may as well be happy about and it. And cold. So if you get cabin fever, get mm-hmm. out of the cabin. That's awesome. advice I love that number one. three. I love that one. All right. So um, advice number four, I don't know, maybe this one's for you. Um, 
we say this at the outdoor campus, every staff meeting, we go around and everybody has their turn. And uh, at the, the first thing that you say when um, it's your turn, I say, Patrick, it's your turn. Tell us what you have going on. First thing you say is, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. That's good. No yeah. matter what, what's going on in your world? Well, first of all, very happy to be here. Very happy to be here. I'm going to use that. I do. And my whole staff says it. And, you know, sometimes we laugh about it, but it does make you a little bit happier to be here, no matter mm-hmm. where you are. You know, one of the things is when you say, I'm happy to be here, unless you go, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yep. You're, you're forced into kind of a smile. Right. And we know this. And the people who have known me for a long time, they're going to be they're going to be like, Lally, come on now, man. <laughs> you're not, let's not try and put a shine on this. But it is true that if you're talking to somebody, whether you're on the phone mm-hmm. or whatever, that if you smile, it, you can hear a smile. You can hear a smile. Absolutely. And 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 it's true in your in your just your own interactions with life. And if you go into a meeting and you force yourself, even if you're having a crappy day, mm-hmm. and you say, "I'm happy, happy to, be, to here. be here," yeah, it makes you think a little bit. You know what? I have a job. As much as I hate all the people around this table, I have a job. Exactly. It's okay to hate them. No, (laughs) let's find some. Just be happy to be there. Find some commonality. Find some joy. Yeah. There you go. See, isn't this just a happy show right now? Yes, it is. It's like uh, it's like that uh, public that Saturday Night Live skit with uh, (laughs) about sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. That's That's South Park, isn't it? No, no, that's that's uh, that's that's uh, public public. It's SNL. He's saying it's he thinks it's South Park. You know? Oh no, it's SNL. South Park might have done it too. They probably did a a takeoff of the takeoff of the takeoff. Yeah, for sure. All right, but But we're all yes. We're very happy to be here. Everything's delicious. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have okay? Do we have time for number five, or do we do number five when we come back? Uh, you know what? Let's do number five. We'll we'll keep them. We'll keep them wanting more. Okay, I don't have a number six. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do number five after the break. Okay. Does that sound okay? Sounds good. We're going to come right back with Thea Miller-Ryan <laughs> of the Outdoor Campus right after this short message. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Uh-huh. But you don't really care. 420 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we are here chatting with Thea Miller-Ryan, who is the Executive Director of the Outdoor Campus. And we have been... Taking the 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 five point quiz, the Thea Miller Ryan five point quiz <laughs> on on what you should know about the outdoors. And Since this is the last time we're going to be talking yes, about this. This is the yeah, farewell we tour. Have to, the we've, farewell tour. We've gone through one through four, mm-hmm. and uh, so now we're on a uh, 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 question quiz number five. Yeah, this I gotta I gotta make this into a quiz here somehow oh, in my okay. brain. <laughs> Think about it a little bit. You want me to play some music at <laughs> yeah. all or no? <laughs> no. Okay. Number five is is uh, just simple, and mm-hmm. maybe you can help think of some ways that we can do this. Number mm-hmm. five is get dirty. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Get dirty. The best things happen in the mud and in the cocklebirds. <laughs> Cyclocross. Yeah, exactly. The get snow. really dirty. You get really dirty. Find some ways to get dirty. Don't be afraid of dirt. It comes off. It does. It washes right off in the shower. Um, you know, you can use, even use some of that little hand squirter yeah. stuff that everybody's <laughs> got everywhere in the world. You're going to be okay. It's <laughs> You'll just be dirt. okay. Yeah. Dirt is cool. And, you know, go camping. Go camping. You know, bugs live in dirt. You mm-hmm. can look at some bugs. Don't shower. <laughs> well, I'm not going to recommend that. Well, exactly. when you're camping, why shower? Right. Okay. Okay. When you're camping. But we're not going to tell the world to stop showering because well, I, I mean, there's makes benefits. Me sick. You know, it's good for your skin. And, oh, that's true. That's you know, true. Especially in the winter. Yeah, I know. You get so dry. Yeah, and I read this somewhere. <laughs> I read this somewhere. How to fight, you know, winter. Because oh, everything dries you out. Yeah. The, the heat dries you out. The water dries you mm-hmm. out, especially if you don't have uh, soft water. Soft water. Mm-hmm. Uh, soap. All those different things. They just dry out your skin. And yeah. the thing was, let your body replenish the moisture in your skin. Because it, it will, just by, again, not showering. Not showering. Now, some of us uh, uh, are, are more apt, more able to pull this off than others. Certainly. Okay. Sure. Not sure. having hair. Yeah, that helps. Big help. Big help. But, you know, it, sometimes we're a little, uh, sometimes we're a little overzealous with our, with our, our, our fear of dirt. Our fear of dirt and our fear of what we smell like. Although I'm kind of into that. No, some I'm people. Not lie. Some, 
<laughs> I'd rather be around people that smell good. Why do you think the French have perfume? Ah, that's good why they invented and the Italians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because, a good point. Because, uh, particularly in the old days, not everybody showered every day, right? Yeah. We didn't have showers. We had baths. We didn't have a shower. I didn't have a shower growing up. Really? No, we had bathtubs. We yeah, built that's one. True. Eventually, my brothers and I built one over the drain in the basement. In the basement? Yeah, a, we did that too. I remember one of those. Yeah. With a pallet. With a pallet, yes. And then the pallet. You'd stand on the pallet. Get, yes, mm-hmm. and the pallet would get a little, you'd go get a new pallet. <laughs> that's right. It's disgusting when I think about it now, but that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, we didn't wear flip flops in the shower mm. or anything like that. Good God. Back at camp days. <laughs> <laughs> one time. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Thea, yeah. I. I need to just thank you again for being such an advocate for the outdoors. Thanks. And, and I want you to keep doing it And I, I, because you guys, uh, I love GF&P. Thank Game you. Fish and Parks. That's awesome. And I, I do, because it's a, it is a wonderful mission. Right. And you guys do a fantastic job. And, you know, my best to everybody over there. Thank you. And my best to you and your new adventures. What, and what's coming? Well, you should probably tell us what's coming up. What can we do at, at the, the outdoor, outdoor campus? campus? What, before I let you go, you got to give yeah. us some plug here. Well, our new schedule came out last week, and registration, actually, I've been at work since 7 this morning. Registration <coughs> opened up early, and uh, some of the things are full, but don't let that stop you. Get on our waiting list, because if we have a waiting list of 40, we're going to open up another class. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, we've got all kinds of stuff. Of course, all the great things for the meat lovers in your life. <laughs> we've got <laughs> all kinds of... Yeah. We have not even reviewed the food. long, long <laughs> list of various uh, sundry animals that have been talked about in the, their taste and their, their pelts. And, oh, my God, it's been awful. Right. But no, I mean, it's been great. <laughs> right. We've got a whole list of fun things for people who love to cook and um, and hunt outdoors. We've got a bunch of fly tying coming up this winter. Um, that's all indoors. So you can have fun and learn how to use it in the summertime. We're doing fishing rod building. We have a spring You're class coming up. Like nope. fly rods? Yep. You can do a fly rod, spin cast, um, any kind of fishing rod you want, even uh, even ice fishing. And you build it and you decorate it and you use this little thread and the, the little machine spins around and you decorate it. It's just a gorgeous fishing rod. That sounds like fun. Done. It is. And I don't even fish. It is It is really cool. Yeah, you could just hang it above your mantle <laughs> or you could use it could like gift a it. real you could gift person. It. Yes. You know? Yes, it would be a great holiday gift. I could Father's give one to a uh, disgruntled former city commissioner and current bait, sh- bait shop owner, uh, Matt Staub. I know he would appreciate that. Ah, he wouldn't, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> He'll be on the show tomorrow. I'll ask him. Ask him. Uh, uh, but thank you for all you do. Outdoor yeah. Campus is at 49th and uh, uh, Oxbow, Oxbow yep. right across from the uh, Sanford Wellness Center. If you haven't been there, just go and walk around. It's a fabulous place. One of the best yes. places in our city. Thank you. And thanks for all you do to help people get out there. Oh, thanks. Thea Miller-Ryan, she's the Executive Director of the Outdoor Campus and has been a great guest on this program. And uh, we'll talk to you again real soon somewhere. Sounds good. This is the Patrick Lally Show. And we're going to be right back with Jonathan Ellis, I should mention. Uh, after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, Mr. Ellis of uh, Argus Leader Media here on Information 1000 KSOO. 434 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And earlier in the day, we had uh, Scott Hudson on Weird Friends, and he said, this will probably be the last time you ever hear the replacements on KSOO. This may very well be the last time you hear uh, Led Zeppelin on KSOO. And I do that for... Uh, my good friend and uh, longtime uh, colleague uh, and uh, pioneer. pioneer. We were pioneers in internet talk show, interactive talk shows. Uh, Jonathan Ellis of Argus Leader Media. Jonathan, thanks for being here. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, so uh, you were on my list of people I wanted to get in on the farewell tour, and I'm just happy that we were able to just carve out uh, even the small time in your busy, busy schedule not so much as the finest investigative reporter and columnist working in South Dakota today, but as a uh, dad and, and soccer coach. That's really yeah. taking up most of your time at this point, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I, I, not to take anything away from my employer, but <laughs> I do spend a lot of time on the the soccer dad stuff, yeah. The, you know, and it's it's pretty amazing. So uh, uh, because when you when your kids get into these uh, uh, sports where there's like traveling teams and stuff, and, you know, there's a lot of criticism of this stuff, you know, but but you as a parent 
And as a coach, man, you put in the time and the miles. Time and miles. And the standing on your feet in bad weather. There was plenty of bad weather this past weekend. And you you were in Kansas City, right? Kansas City, Overland Park, Kansas. Yep. Was it, what was it? Just cold? Yeah, it was cold. Cold and windy. Um, oh God. You know, it was a, probably a little warmer than it was here. But uh, so when you're standing out there, that's not what you're thinking. I was wearing my long underwear. Of course. Yep. And like a big old stocking cap and maybe a face mask. Big hat. Yeah, big hat. Correct. You got a built-in face mask. Jonathan Ellis is running the uh, the man beard. He's wearing the winter mountain man beard these days. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, just kind of go. hung around. Well, it's that time of year, right? Yeah. You yeah. going on any climbing trips? Not uh, winter, really. No, but I'll, I'm sure I'll have something next summer. Did you? Are, how are you doing in your... It's got nothing to do with why you're here, but how are you doing in your uh, 14-er tour? Um, I climbed my... T- 27th and 28th mountains this summer. Wow. And there are how many? That uh, well, in Colorado, there are approximately 54. I mean, there are some various rules. So some mountains aren't technically on the 14ers because uh, maybe there's not enough separation from a summit. But you would have to you would have to climb them anyway just because they're classic climbs. So like El Diente, uh, North Maroon Peak. Uh, they're treacherous climbs. They don't technically aren't their own their own fourteeners, but everybody would have them on the fourteener list. Sure, sure. Be just because, yeah. If you're going to get the t-shirt, they're great mountains. Is there a t-shirt that goes with this? Really? Like I don't know where you'd get that, but yeah. I mean, bracelet? actually, I do have a fourteener t-shirt now. Right. That I, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, good luck on that. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty amazing. Just to do as many as you've done is impressive. You know, you lose a lot of weight doing those. You do a couple of them. I, I probably. I mean. You know, you obviously have to stay in shape just to do them, but then when you go out and do them in that kind of altitude and everything, uh, and you're burning just thousands of calories a day, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, you come back. I mean, I I, lose, I mean, I can feel the weight loss within a few days. I mean, That's it's amazing. Yeah. So if anybody needs to lose weight quickly, I, climb here. 14ers. Over here. But I don't know that I'm going to get into 14er climbing. Um, you, the reason we have you in and always have had you in because of your uh, uh, knowledge, perspective, and and uh, uh, just uh, work in the world of government politics. And we've talked about a lot of stuff, but you had a column uh, post-election that I thought was very interesting and represents something that uh, there's uh, precious little of in uh, South Dakota journalism, and that was uh, like the truth. And that was the examination of what was going on behind the scenes of the Nome campaign. Um, that, that talked about her, her troubles because she had such a, uh, contentious primary and, uh, was out of money, was in debt. And, uh, the fact that, uh, a lot of folks came to her aid in the Republican party. And I'm curious, um, tell people, what do you got to do to write a column like that? Because if you're wrong, right? Yeah. If you're wrong, you're going to get slapped hard. Yeah, and you lose some credibility if you're wrong. You would. I. I. Um. And and this is. I'm fortunate in that I when I can write a sort of an analysis piece. I don't necessarily have to quote sources by name, and that's something as you know, the, our our newspaper for news stories. We mm-hmm. don't have anonymous sources in news stories, but mm-hmm. I'm able to through interviews and, and talking with lots of various people. You know, ideally, you know, you do get people on there who want to go on the record. And, and but you know, for this particular piece, it was you know, just tell me what happened. And I spoke to about a dozen people who were affiliated with the campaign. And many details that I wanted to have in that story were not in the story just simply because I couldn't, I couldn't triangulate them with other sources. Mm-hmm. For example, there was a staffer, um, and, and I, the, 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 the column opens with a scene on election night when Hughes County results come in and Christy Gnome's people and staffers and people who had been on the campaign helping out or whatever are in this room watching the results come in and the first results come in and, and there are there people bawling. That's how distraught they were over it. You know, so that's that's something I couldn't get in and, and you know, the specific, you know. Um, uh, no, I saw those results come in and, and, and I, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's just a few counties, but it was Hughes County. Hughes that was County. important. It was very, it was very significant. And, and, and Hughes County, for your listeners, had not voted for a Democratic governor uh, since 1972, always very staunchly Republican. So for that county to be the first one to come in, the known people were just in shock, thinking, oh, here we go. I mean, this, that was a very bad omen. It turned out to be sort of an anomaly, actually. On the night, but at, but at, they didn't they didn't, moment, they didn't know that at that moment it looked very bad. <laughs> and uh, looking at it now, you say, uh, and you mentioned this in there too. That's 
probably a reflection of the uh, the tenacity of the primary. Yeah, correct. With Marty Jackley. Yeah, correct. Uh, you know, Marty Jackley's been the attorney general there for a decade. He's lived there. He's a known, you know, he's a, he's a pure guy. Um, mm-hmm. He was, he took pure in the primary. Um, he has a lot of friends there. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that was a, the, the, her loss there in the general election was a reflection of how poisonous maybe things had gotten amongst Republicans, Jackley and Noam supporters uh, over the, the last two weeks of that primary election, which went pretty negative. Do you think that that's what was a source of – there became this, like, sort of C-level issue in the, in the gubernatorial race about where you're going to live, which I thought was a very strange question that came from the public in a couple of different times. Uh, one was in the Kello debate, and one it came up during the, uh, uh, the one at Rotary, where it's like, are you going to live in Pierre? And I never thought, why would that even be a question? These people have – both of them have – businesses and lives other places yeah you're governor but does people really expect that christy gnome's going to uproot her entire family and move it to pier i mean they got it her husband has a has a like a crop insurance business and all this other different kind of stuff really right that's an issue it, it was interesting that it became an issue i i kind that, of, those are the i think i, I, think people, I sent right? one of those snarky tweets out but yeah that this would be a i don't know if where that where that came from but um both of them, uh, Billy Sutton and Chrissy Noem, both of them sort of skirted around that. <laughs> they and did. basically said, but I, I actually I think Chrissy Noem was fairly direct. I mean, and, and I think actually at the end of the day, Billy Sutton, they were there at the end of the day, they talked a little bit about it, but they said, no, you know, I think Chrissy Noem had said, you know, my, I've got a son in high school, you know, and, mm-hmm. and a uh, husband who's got a business. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Billy Sutton had said the same thing. My, you know, my wife works at the bank, right. you know, so yeah, they're going to, they're going to be in their hometowns. You know, the, and, and this is an interesting, you know, uh, this is a reflection of, I mean, obviously this wasn't an issue when um, Mike Rounds, because uh, he was a hometown guy, um, Dennis Dugard's children were, were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I but think it hasn't Dugard, been an issue since really since probably Mark Mickelson, correct? Yeah. I mean, you know, and Bill James. George Mickelson. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. George Mickelson. Yeah, thank you. Um, Jankler was. We, we did didn't he, promote Mark, Mark to governor here, but. Um, <laughs> George, yeah, George. I think what was a situation where he had been in Brookings. You know, mm-hmm. Jankel's second round, obviously. I think his his children by then were yeah, adult children. No, they all. Yes, so so George Mickelson ways. had you know was probably the last governor mm-hmm. in a situation. He where did you're, bring you're, kids to Pierre. You're right. He brought his in, the, in you know from Brookings. So, um, but it was it's again been decades it was a, since we've had this issue. That was before email. You know what I mean? Right. It was before cell phones. For the love of God. Right. So uh, the fact is that uh, the G double D. Uh, Danny Dugard was here a lot. I mean, he has, has a house in Del Rapids. He's not going to give that up. During the governor governorship, he was he was around. He wasn't just sitting in pier watching TV, right? So yeah. it was a little weird, but it uh, it was a good column, and I really liked it. And when I say there's precious little of the truth, what I mean is not that other people aren't writing the truth, but it's it's always very difficult to find out what really happened. People will tell you their version of the truth, but that may not be what really happened. And it's it's just not that often you get behind the scenes like that. Yeah, and there were competing storylines here um, amongst even the, the various factions who participated in this election. Um, some of, oh, everything's just went according to plan, and yeah. this is how, and then, but it, but it really didn't. You know? We always and thought so, it would be about 3.3 points. Right. <laughs> That's what we were aiming for. Three. Who's aiming for a three-point victory, right? So, um, yeah, so there were various, and you had to realize that some people haven't had have an agenda to make it look like Everything was great. Because they're a campaign professional. Perhaps. Or a high-level uh, Republican operative. Perhaps. Those, oh, that's, yeah. that's what you expect going in. Right. That's you, why you have to cultivate the sources who will tell you what really happened, right? Correct. Right. So, yeah, like I said, based upon about a dozen sources, um, I was able to kind of call. And, and, I, and I wish, frankly, I wish I would have had you know, more time, as you know, you always want a little more time to, uh, because there were some really great details that unfortunately I just, I didn't feel comfortable because they were, they, they didn't come from multiple sources, you know, so. Well, we'll talk about those right after this break. Uh, we're going to come right back with Jonathan Ellis of Argus Leader Media and uh, talk about politics and, and, you know, just we'll reminisce a little bit. How about that? This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. <laughs> 449 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSO. we got about five minutes left here with 
Jonathan Ellis of Argus Leader Media, the finest investigative reporter and columnist working in South Dakota today. And I say that uh, not as flattery, but as just straight up truth. Um, uh, we've talked about a lot of different issues uh, about the campaign and everything, but was there, uh, were you surprised um, that we were just talking about this, that Billy Sutton wasn't more aggressive in the end of the campaign? It, it seemed to me um, that in that final week or two that he was more reactionary um, than maybe he would have been if, for example, when we go back to the old days of you know Democratic operatives mm-hmm. running Senate campaigns, the likes of you know a Dan Pfeiffer, <laughs> yeah, for example, who's a guy who just you know you know has a switchblade on him all the time and is ready to use it. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how you end up in the West Wing. Yeah, right. Which which he did. Uh, you know, so, you know, uh, Hillebrand, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, guys like, you know, brawlers, you yeah. know, I, I didn't get the sense that they had that. And, and their campaign is kind of a mystery, frankly. Um, but their ads, I mean, the, the, the Billy Sutton ads were, at least on his bio ads. Uh, they were nice. Entries, they were, by, by all accounts, everybody I talked to just thought they were first rate. But that gets you in the ring. And I've said this now a thousand times in the show, that gets you in the ring. You got it, but you better get your mitts up because the haymakers are coming. Sure, and, and but I I think those ads really kind of gave him uh, again. Gnome's ad, Gnome, Gnome didn't have the money to really begin the advertising cycle, but you know, and, and and Billy Sutton did, and so a lot of people probably looked at those ads, and and frankly, if they were you know low informed voters, and let's be honest, mo- most voters are low informed. Um, may have walked away from that those ads thinking he was the Republican candidate, yeah, um, and so and so he he went those ads went unanswered by the Nome campaign for so long that I, it's one reason why I think he did you know he was able to maybe at some point be even leading in the polls. Mm-hmm. Um, they they just didn't have the money to respond initially. Now the Argus Leader and and uh, my friends at uh, Kelloland News, uh, you guys did the polling and it was very interesting because you were able to come back and follow up with the polling and, and we talked about this a little bit. And as it turned out, it was kind of a case study for, uh, shall we say, comparative advertising, uh, negative advertising. Because in the two weeks, basically, between the polls, you saw the debates and you saw a series of really harsh ads about Billy Sutton. And it moved the needle. It moved the needle three or four points, right? Yeah, enough enough to obviously to secure the victory. I mean, they needed to convince enough Republicans that, look, this this guy's not a Republican. He's he's a Democrat. Yeah. Um, and when, when you, you have a, a huge superiority in terms of voter registration, yes. if you can move the needle there, you, you know, you, you, you've got the margin for error is much greater for a Republican candidate here, you know? Yes. And Billy had to do everything right. And they did it. They, they just made a few key mistakes in my mind. One, and I, I've said this before, if you're going to have somebody writing press releases, have somebody that knows how to spell and, uh, and knows AP style. I'm just going to throw that out there one last time. Oh, geez, you sound that. like a Gen Xer. <laughs> Why would what are you insisting upon spelling oh, words correctly? <laughs> Gee, come on, what man. What is up with that? Yeah. I know. Uh, Jonathan Ellis, I just uh, got to take this time, and you know, this is the farewell tour. And I want to point out that it was, it was uh, you and I, I think it was just you and I, maybe there were some other people involved, back in the early days of 100 Eyes, when we started during the, I think it was during the rounds gubernatorial race when was that it was a particular uh, race that we started I thought it was for. the mike huther 2010 mayor's race that's what it was thank you and it was 2010 megan luther megan luther was there yeah. and you and i and and megan would sit in a room at the argus leader with a blue curtain and a couple of uh fake plants behind us and talk about those it. were fake i didn't know that i, I watered so. them all the time <laughs> were they real they were ferns uh, it was like but then the day i saw uh zach galifianakis with his between two ferns we got we got rid of the ferns. Okay, we, got <laughs> we, were, we were ahead of our time. Uh, but that was, that was uh, uh, really fun and was the basis for me to be able to, do, honestly, it was the basis for me to be able to do radio because you had to sit there and talk. Well, yep, we lots of talking. And then of course, it was nice because we could get questions. People you know. were great. And, and I have since learned the identities of many of those people. Ooh. I know. Huh. Like... Uh, 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 Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. You know who that was? Uh, I don't know. Tiger who, Blood? Tiger Blood? I kind of know who that was. Um, the uh, uh, Mule. The uh, Moscow Mule. Moscow Mule. I know yeah. who Moscow Mule okay. is. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and so people, be warned. Don't cross me. 
I will expose you. <laughs> oh. But we always knew that it was a bunch of operatives and stuff, sure. and it turned out it was. Yeah. Oh, we were shocked. 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 But it was really fun, and uh, we had a good time, and I will always uh, appreciate uh, the time you took and, and the uh, the effort we put into it. It was a good time. Yeah, it was. This is a good show, too. Well, thanks, man. You want to take it over? Uh, is there mm-hmm. looking for? I don't know. You run her upstairs and ask. We yeah. can run it by the powers of be. Okay. Well, uh, you know, my, my contract, as I told this to Rick Noby, I get, a, I, I want a chocolate fountain in my <laughs> office. So, Jonathan Ellis, he is the uh, columnist and reporter at Argus Leader Media, and uh, as always, Jonathan, thank you. Yeah, very thanks much. for having me. Coming up after the break, we'll tell you who's coming in tomorrow. The cavalcade continues. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. 4.58 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. You're going to want to be here tomorrow for the next stage of the farewell tour because none other than disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub will be in. That's going to be a blast. And the smart cyclist, Michael Christensen, 3 to 5 tomorrow. Be here, second to the last day, the penultimate, penultimate day. There we go. On the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.